Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Uh, it's Father's Day. And so let me shout out a happy Father's Day. So if you're not watching us on Father's Day, maybe you're watching it throughout Father's Day week. Uh, happy belated Father's Day. But either way, happy Father's Day. We're uh, continuing our series, Family Talk. And this may not surprise you. I hope it doesn't. We're going to talk about fatherhood. Now remember, the family is the essential building block of human society. And when we talk about the family, as we look at Scripture, there's this biological component as well as this spiritual component. In other words, my wife, my children, other relatives, they speak of my, of my biological family. But my spiritual family includes every single person who is, has, or ever will uh, be in relationship with Christ, and more specifically, uh, in a local context, my local church family is, of course, crosswinds. But we're talking about fatherhood, and I just want to sort of, as we enter into that, think about it both as biological dads pouring into their children, as well as spiritually. Our, our, our responsibility as fathers, and actually, to be real honest, our responsibility of all of us to pour into one another. But we are talking about dads. And dads play a significant role in, in both families. So let me say again, happy Father's Day to all the dads who are, who are listening, who are participating in this service. I celebrate all the men who pour into their children and into the lives of others as spiritual fathers. I heard the story uh, about a guy who had stopped by the grocery store and as he headed into the store, he came across a father with his small child, his small son. And you could tell, he could tell that the child didn't want to be there. Uh, many of you have been in that situation. You know, he's in the cart. He's right, he wants to run around. And he was sort of going a little crazy. And the father out loud said, now, Billy, this won't take long. Any of us who are parents have said that to our kids in such a situation. While this man walked through the store, eventually he came across the father and son again. This time the son is, is a little more frantic in the cart. He's trying to escape. He's making a lot more noise. And the father says, Billy, just calm down. We'll, we'll be done in a minute. Well, they, they, or they, they go off on their way. And, and again, uh, this man encounters his father and his son. At this time, the son is screaming uncontrollably. The dad is is keeping his cool, and the man's really impressed, and he, hear, he hears the man say, Billy, just settle down. We're, we're almost out of here. We're almost out of here. Well, believe it or not, at the, at the checkup counter, this, this, this man who had stopped by the store happens to be right behind this father and son. And, and the son is screaming. He's out of control. I mean, he just, he's just grabbing at everything. And very calmly, he hears the father say, Billy, We'll be in the car in just a minute, and everything's going to be okay. Well, the man checks out, and as he goes out to the store, he, he sees the man and his son, and he thinks, I just have to go encourage this father. And so the man runs up to the father, and he says, I, I just want to say, sir, I, I just want to say, what a wonderful job you're doing with Billy. And the father looked at him and said, you don't understand. My name is Billy. My name is Billy. Have you ever been there? Kids are out of control, and what are you doing? You're just self-talking yourself, right? You're just talking yourself down. I, I love the title of one of Dr. Dobson's books. 
Parenting isn't for cowards. And as a dad of three, I know raising kids is not for the faint of heart. I love the story of how the first Father's Day started. Uh, in June 19, 1924, by proclamation by President Calvin Coolidge, uh, was, the, was this uh, proclamation that started what we know as Father's Day, but it really began in the heart of a young girl named Sonora uh, Smart Dodd. She was in church in, in 1909 on Mother's Day, and so there's already been this National Mother's Day holiday, if you will, and, and she was being raised by her father. Her mother had passed. And she thought how important it would be to have a day for, for fathers. And so Sonora, with her father in mind, really began to, to reach out to try to establish a Father's Day. And President Coolidge designated the third Sunday of June as Father's Day. I think it's a beautiful picture of this single parent raising this young daughter and her appreciative spirit saying, I just want to honor my dad. Father's Day gives us a chance to honor the men who have, who have poured into our lives. Now, I want to recognize something from the outstart. I know that this can be a difficult topic for some of you. Perhaps your relationship with your dad or your child is estranged. Maybe your, your dad's past or, or for many other reasons. Maybe this is a difficult topic for you. And I just want you to know that I have been praying for you and specifically asking that the Lord would speak love and healing into your life. Now, this may seem obvious to you as we're talking about fathers, but good fathers are made, not simply born. Let me say that again. Good fathers are made, not simply born. For a man to be a good father, he needs a model, an example of a dad who can serve as a pattern to follow. And there's a perfect father. Yes, there's one out there. There's a perfect father that all men can model themselves after. And of course, I'm talking about our heavenly father. We learn much about fatherhood by looking to God. What do we learn from God? Well, we learn that our heavenly father really does love his children. Our heavenly father loves his children. Look at these two verses, 1 John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. Romans 5, 8. God shows his love for us, and while we were sinners, Christ died for us. See, God doesn't only love every one of his children. He actually loved us first. He, he didn't wait for us to behave, to, to come to our senses, to do all the right things, to measure up to his standards. No, no, no. In, in the midst of us, Failing at all those things, God loves us. God loves us so complete. God's love for us is so complete and so constant. Our Heavenly Father is, is certainly angered by sin and disappointed when we disobey. He's saddened when, he stray, when we stray from him, but he never stops loving us. Our Heavenly Father loves his children, and, and so should we. Certainly, we, we're disappointed when our children don't do the right thing. Yeah, it's okay to get upset when they're not measuring up to, to the decent standards. But we should show them constant, complete love as our Heavenly Father shows us. Not only does our Heavenly Father love us, but He encourages His children. 
We have some powerful examples of God's encouragement uh, to his children in Scripture. Let me share a couple. God encourages Moses at the burning bush. Moses is scared. He's he's just found out that God's going to call him to lead his people out of Egypt. They've been in captivity, slavery. And and Moses, as you can understand, is, is shaken by it. He doesn't believe he can do it. And God says, I have called you. You can do this. It's amazing the encouragement that Moses sees over, receives over and over again from God. How about Moses' protege, Joshua? Moses passes, uh, arguably one of the greatest leaders of all time, except for Christ himself. And now Joshua is supposed to fill those shoes. And Joshua is sort of questioning, can I do this thing? And the Lord says to him, don't be afraid. Why? I'm with you, Joshua. I've chosen you for this. We can do this together. In fact, in Joshua 1.9, the Lord says, haven't I commanded you strength, courage? Don't be timid. Don't be discouraged. God, your God, is with you every step you take. And I believe God says that to each and every one of us. He says, he says haven't I commanded you strength and courage? Don't be timid, Craig. Don't, don't be discouraged. I'm with you every step of the way. He says that to me. He says that to you. We're to say that to our children. God believes in his children. He sees the things that we can do. He encourages us to go and and, and grab hold of those things he calls us to. And as parents, it's so important. It's so important we, we watch our words, that we're speaking words that will build up our children, not words that will tear them down. Ephesians, Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians 4.29. He says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fit for the occasion. This may give grace to those who hear. Think about that. Words that, that build up, not, not tear down. Now, I'm just going to be honest. As a dad, I, I wish I could say, oh, I wish I could say, but every word that's proceeded out of my mouth has been a word of encouragement. But I'd be lying. I know that's not true. I tell you what, I, I want to learn over and over more and more how to control my tongue, how to say those words of encouragement, how to encourage my kids. I will tell you, if I've said words that I shouldn't say, I, I do quickly say I'm sorry. We need to be quick to say we're sorry, but, but man, God, may I be quicker in speaking words of encouragement because, because God speaks encouraging words to his children, and so do we. Not only does our Heavenly Father love us and encourage us, our Heavenly Father disciplines his children. Now, this is the part of the message where if you're a child under your parents, you're in their home, you don't want me to preach this point. I get it. But it is an important point to preach. It's an important point to recognize from Scripture. Our Heavenly Father disciplines his children. God is good. He is loving yet he disciplines his children. It's important to understand that God does not discipline despite his goodness. He disciplines because of his goodness. God does not discipline in spite of his love. God disciplines because of his love. Look at these two verses, Deuteronomy 8, 5. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. Proverbs 3.12, for the Lord reproves him who he loves as a father 
the son in whom he delights. The father who, who wisely and lovingly disciplines his child is reflecting the perfect character of God. Now, we're not to be harsh. We're not to be mean. The word discipline can be used uh, uh, wrongly to think uh, of things that would be destructive for our children. No, 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 no. We should always discipline out of love. We should always uh, discipline in a way that speaks of, uh, of, uh, of the goodness of our Heavenly Father working through us. But let's just be honest. As a child, I can't remember being disciplined and immediately going up to my father and saying, thank you for caring so much. But as I have grown older, I look back at the discipline my father placed in my life, and I am so, so thankful. I'm thankful for how God used my dad to, to form his God's character in me. I'm thankful for the morals I learned from my dad. I'm thankful for the way that he disciplined me. Many years later, I'm saying that. There's a passage in Hebrews that powerfully points to God's perfect discipline of his children. Hebrews 12, verses 10 and 11. For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. I don't know about you, but that was my understanding of discipline as a child. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. That's what I'm talking about. As a child, I can't remember going immediately to my father and saying, thank you. But as I've grown older, I become more and more and more and more thankful for my dad's love in disciplining me. See, our Heavenly Father disciplines his children, and so should we. See, it's a father's responsibility to bring our children up in the training and instruction of the Lord, displaying love and encouragement and discipline. And throughout the Bible, we learn that parents are to teach their children so that they can teach their children. In other words, from one generation to the other generation to the next generation to the next generation. Look at this verse from Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 6, 7. You you shall teach the precepts of the Lord diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. Think about that. See, here's the simple truth. Fathers can either train and instruct their children following God's example, presenting our children with a proper picture of who God is, or we can train them the wrong way, creating misconceptions about God. We can follow God's example and, and hope that through that example, and in in the Proverbs says, train a child in the way they should go, and they should not depart from it, not a promise, but an observation more times than not. When we train a child in the way they should go, they will not depart from it. We, we, can, we can train them the way that God has modeled for us and, and, and point them to Jesus. Or we can do things our own way, and, and more times than not, give them misconceptions conceptions about who God is. Here's an insightful parable. It's a parable about three fathers, each who felt the soft hand of their child in their own and realized the responsibility of teaching their children about God. The first father felt this awesome responsibility that was his, so he taught the child the power and might of God. As they walked down the path of life and came to tall trees in the forest, 
he pointed and said, God, God made them and God can use them to come crashing down on you anytime he wants. As they walked in the hot sun, he said, God's made that sun. He made it and he made the power that exists within it. And he said intensely that, that he, can, he can use it to, to raise up the, 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 the plants in the field or he can use the sun to, to crash down and, and wither them so that they will die. Again and again, he hammered home the power of God and the child, how the child must be obedient to God because God is, after all, so powerful and mighty. Then one day they came face to face with God and the child hid behind his father afraid even to look at God, refusing to put his hand in the hand of God. The second father also realized his responsibility to teach the the child about God. Hurriedly, he tried to teach all the important lessons he knew. He knew time was of the essence, and so he he looked at the trees, and he only stopped for a moment to gaze upon them. He looked at the flowers of the field, and and with his son hurried by each one of those. He told stories, but they were hurried, and they were were crammed together. He filled the child full of facts about God, but never taught him how to really live and, and know God. Finally, one day at twilight, they came face to face with God, but the child only gave God a casual glance, and he turned and walked away. The third father felt the touch of a tender hand in his and adjusted his steps to the tiny steps of his child. They walked along, stopping to look at all of God's beauty and grandeur. They walked in the fields, and they they picked the flowers. They They felt the delicate petals, and smelled their fragrance. They watched the birds in flight and another building her nest and laying eggs and sitting on them and hatching them. This father and his child, they watched all the beauties of nature while the father told his son and daughter stories about God over and over. It's just telling his child stories about God as they were walking life. Finally, one day in, in the twilight, They saw the very face of God, and without hesitation, without hesitation, the child placed his hands trustingly into the hand of his heavenly father. Understand this. No dad is perfect. Only our heavenly father is perfect. However, we can learn much about fathering from him. Every dad has responsibility and privilege to to bring their bring up their children in, in the training and instruction of the Lord, displaying God's love and, and re- reflecting that encouragement that God gives to us. And, and yes, discipline. And as dads, we can either train and instruct our children in what it means to follow God's example. We can either present our children with a proper picture of God or a distorted one. In the end, dads, let's face it, We want our children to be able to trust us. But the greatest lesson we can teach them is that they can trust in their heavenly father. They can trust in their heavenly father. For all dads out there, remember, we all need grace. We we will not father perfectly. But when we father in a way that points our kids to Jesus, 
And I don't know how you fathered yesterday or the day before that or the day before that. But listen to me. It's how you father today that you have to Look to your heavenly father who loves you, who's encouraging you. Yes, who loves you enough to encourage you to discipline you. And use that example to pour into your children all the relationships around you. Dads, we're, we're in this together. We're in this with the Lord who promises to lead us and guide us, to equip us for what he's called us to do. Now, I'm excited. I, I have a good friend and colleague uh, who I asked to, to be a part of an interview uh, this Father's Day, and he graciously said, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'll be a part of that. And so uh, as we have in a couple of other times in this series because of the, the, the amazing part of technology, um, I'm simply going to clap my hands, and guess what? We're going to go to that interview. Ready? Well, I'm excited to be sitting down with my friend and colleague, Chris Taylor. Uh, he is Crosswinds Community Life Pastor. He is a father. He uh, also is a husband. Mm -hmm. And so that's sort of a general overview uh, of Chris. But what would you say uh, more specifically about yourself? What would, how would you share yourself with us? Did you mention that I was your favorite coworker? I didn't, yes, I didn't hear that part. I left um, that out just because I didn't want to upset anyone else. I think that's important to note. Um, no, I think you covered, you know, the most important aspects of my life, I think, uh, and what defines who I am, Christ follower first, husband, father, then pastor. Um, in that order, I take that very seriously. And I would be missing an opportunity, an opportunity for a cheesy moment if I didn't say to my kids, Maddie, Silas, Bell, and Emmy, it is a privilege being your dad. So there you That's go. great. That's great. So, Chris, you, you know, you, you're a father of teenagers all the way down mm -hmm. to what age? Five. Five. So you're like doing the spectrum right <laughs> yes. now. You're not, you're not, you aren't parenting adult children yet, but you're nope. parenting those who are on the verge Close. of Close. Yeah, ex exactly. So, you know, you've had a journey in, mm -hmm. in fatherhood. Uh, what has surprised you the most in your fathering journey? Um, you know, if I'm being honest, it'll be, it has to be how ill-prepared I was to be a father of a teenager. Okay. You know, I just wasn't ready for it. And, and like you said, I have a, a my oldest 16, then a 15-year-old, then a 10-year-old, and a 5-year-old. And it is so much easier parenting my 10-year-old and 5-year-old. Parenting teenagers is hard. Yeah. It's challenging. I think part of the challenge and the surprise was just how much my role as a parent shifts for teenagers. You know, um, all I want to do for my teenagers is, is protect them from everything and make all their decisions for them. And my role as a father becomes with teenagers, I'm preparing them for adulthood. Yeah. And so I can't, that's not helpful to them if I continue to parent that way. Um, so the adjustment to, I got to let them make their own decisions and kind of steer them a little bit, but watch them make their decisions and help them process what comes with those decisions has been really challenging and difficult. And um, my older two kids will attest to the difference in, in how we parent our younger kids and how we parented them when they were younger. Sure, you know? So sure. we've grown... But I, I tell Madison a lot, she's our oldest, and I said, you know, I'm sorry, you're a guinea pig. Absolutely. You know, you're a guinea pig. We're learning from you how to parent the other kids. And I, I've told her, you know, you're, you've never been 16 years old before, and I've never been a parent of a 16-year-old before. Yeah, that's fair. Absolutely. And so just learning and growing. But Absolutely. Yeah, we, we grow as we parent, right? Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. You know, we, we start out, and we, we learn as we go, mm -hmm. and hopefully get better. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that would be the goal. You can ask my kids. But, you uh, know. 
but I was first in the pecking order of my house too. So mm. I, I do get the first child sort of, you know, type yeah. of thing. Well, I was the baby. So. <laughs> oh, I could have figured that one. <laughs> so, you know, I, I talk in the message about how uh, God exemplifies and calls uh, fathers to, to love their children, mm. uh, to encourage their children and discipline their children. There's a lot to be said mm -hmm. there. Um, but when you look at those three, just choose one of them and share how you've either, you know, helped your kids through how you've loved them or how you've encouraged them or how you've disciplined them. Um, I think of those three areas, the one that's changed the most for me as a father is the area of discipline. Mm. Um, I've, I've learned and, and begun to recognize that discipline is not merely punishment, um, but every time there's an opportunity or a need for discipline, there's an opportunity to teach and help my kids grow. And again, I said a minute ago, my older two will attest to this. You know, they've called us out on, we would never have gotten away with that when we were their age, you know, because we're, we're growing as parents. And, and so the area of discipline is, has changed the most um, when I parent. And I, and I probably miss as many opportunities when I'm disciplining to help my kids learn and grow and to kind of take advantage of the teachable moment. But I hope I'm getting better. And, and so that area has definitely changed the most for me. Yeah, I think you do grow on that. I, I once shared with my uh, two older, I've got three, because uh, they were saying something I didn't do, of course, with the baby. But, you know, and, and I said, well, two things. And when I'm growing as a parent and I'm tired. Like, you know, you're third. You know, I don't know. I don't know how true that is, but, you know, sometimes, so. it, sometimes it just works that yeah. way. You learn to pick your battles. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. You do. Absolutely. And your role as community life pastor, how do you see Crosswinds teaming up with dads in their fathering journey? I think the the most specific ministry that comes to mind for me is our one-to-one -one discipleship. Um, as a parent, as a father, my abilities as a father, my character as a father, my capacity as a father, the energy I have to give to my kids is directly related to the depth of my relationship with God. And when my relationship with God is lacking, my relationship with my kids suffers. When my relationship with God flourishes, my relationship with my kids flourish. Mm. And one-to-one -one discipleship is all about helping someone dig deep into their relationship with God and, and develop that depth that we so desperately need. And, and I will guarantee that any father who is in a discipling relationship will be a better father. Yeah. I can guarantee that because you're growing closer to God and God will help you be a better father. And so I'm thankful for all the men at Crosswinds who are engaged in a discipling relationship, but there are a lot of men who are not. And so to all the men who are listening, I just want to ask why, why aren't you? What's, what are you waiting for? He's and, calling you out guys. And to let you know, I'll help you. I want yes. to help you get plugged into a discipling relationship. You'll be a better man, a better husband and a better father for it. Yeah, it's interesting to me in my one-on-one um, -on -one journey uh, with, with uh, the person I'm partnered with that, that uh, how many times when we're talking about our relationship with God, marriage and, and, and our kids come into the equation. You know, we're talking mm -hmm. about it. We're talking about how to apply these things. How do you apply them to your marriage? How do you apply them to your parenting? Yeah. And it's been um, a great journey uh, for me personally uh, to just sort of grow as a, as a father and as a husband. And so I would, I would agree with Chris, you know, I triple dog dare you guys. What is the percentage of guys? Yeah, that's right. It's a tri I went straight to the triple dog. What, what, what is the percentage? Like if you say ladies who are one, one-on-one and guys who are one-on-one. Currently at Crosswinds, I would probably say 
and this is not scientific in any way, shape, or form, but 70, 30, 70%. So 30% are, are the men. ladies? No, the other <laughs> way, you know, 30% are the men. And, and, you know, we have a tendency to think we can go out on our own or we yes. don't, we don't, men struggle to reach out for yeah. help. And there's no shame in reaching out for help at all. It's yeah. it's not more manly to not. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's it it takes courage to reach out to help. Yeah, God created us right to be exactly. in relationship with Him and yep. each other. Yep. And it's important that we learn from one another. And so I can't think of a better person, by the way, to to help you in that journey and start you out than Chris. And so um, take him up on that. Take him up on that. In fact, I hope a lot of guys sign up after this to 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 uh, yep. to start that journey with somebody. And let me, let me say this too, you know, on another whole note with this one-on-one discipleship, because it does tie into this, is that you know a lot of times you think, well, well, who am I to even disciple somebody? Mm-hmm. But the way that the material we use is is written, and you walk through it, I'm learning, I'm leading yeah. it, quote unquote, but I'm learning, uh, and, and it allows me to learn and develop uh, through it. I don't, I don't, you don't have all the answers in order to to be a part of one-on-one discipleship. Right, you're both seeking the answers with Christ together. Absolutely, and so it's an amazing thing. Yep. Well, let me ask you this uh, last question. What encouragement would you give parents? Um, that's a, <laughs> that was that's a long a, side there. Yeah. Well, there's a lot I could, <laughs> I could say, you know, but I think kind of tying into something we've already talked about a little bit is, is just don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah. You know, recognize that you are going to grow as a parent as your kids grow. Uh, you, you're going to journey with them. And, and I, I kind of think... The imagery of like a toddler learning to walk, you know, that toddler is going to pull themselves up on a piece of furniture and fall back flat on their butts so many times before they take that first step. And I think that imagery kind of works with parenting. You're going to fail a lot as a parent, and that's okay. You know, we learn from our failure. You're going to succeed way more than you fail. And don't be so hard on yourself, you know, just recognize you're going to grow with your kids and learn with your kids and, and your kids are going to recognize that. You know, it's definitely an art to parenting. It's not a science. It's something right. we learn, and and it's uh, but it's a great journey. I mean, what a great responsibility, and yet a great journey to be able to pour into uh, these children that God entrusts us with, whether they're your biological kids, mm. or whether you're you're the caregiver to them, or whether you're the spiritual father mm. uh, to somebody to have that that opportunity and to pour into them. And I just want to say, Dad, you matter. You mm. matter. And uh, I know that, uh, you know, at most of the perceptions of dads on TV is that uh, we are bumbling idiots. And yeah. uh, to be honest with you, sometimes I may be. Uh, but, <laughs> speak but, for yourself. But, but we, yeah, speak for myself. <laughs> but, but you matter and, and we matter. God, mm. God has, has created us to have a significant role in the lives of our families and our community. And so I want to take a moment and just pray. Yeah. for dads and uh, just, just lift you up to the Lord uh, as two dads and, and pray for you. So let's, let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much just for the opportunity to pray over these fathers. I, I, I'm excited that it's Father's Day and that we get to honor them because as Chris had mentioned, many, many men feel like they can just go it alone or that they, are, they should go it alone. And yet we realize in your word that it's quite clear that that's not the way you created us. Mm-hmm. You created us to have relationship with you and one another. And uh, Lord, to, to honor dads is an important thing. Uh, to just remind them that they matter. They matter to you. And that the relationship they have with you is what's going to give them every, what they need in order to, to really father well. Thank you that you're a God of grace. I know in my life I've, I've had to, 
even ask forgiveness of my kids from time to time of things that I did that, that I later would look back and say, that that's not the way I should have handled that. That was a missed opportunity. And I thank you that you're a God of that type of love, to forgive and, and pick us up and help us uh, walk with you and walk with our children. Uh, God, I, I thank you for the example you give because you love us no matter what. You're our great encourager. No one, no one believes in us more than you. And you're a God that loves enough to discipline. And you discipline us not, not in spite of your love, but because of your love. You, you discipline us because you believe in us and, and you want what's best for us. And so, God, I just pray for the fathers out there. I pray that you would just strengthen them, that they would sense your love, that they'd be in relationship with you, and that that relationship with you would just, just pour out of them into their children. And we give you the praise for, for what you've done and for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Chris. Thank you.